We talk a lot about big data analytics, but how much big data are most businesses really using? And when it comes to fraud detection and prevention, how effective has big data really proven to be? Allison Miller, a cyber threat expert and data analytics specialist, says organizations are using analytics more effectively, but there is still much more they can and should be doing. Here, she describes some of the hurdles that have to be overcome, offering a preview of some of the talking points she plans to hit during a panel discussion she will be participating on at ISMG's April 29th Fraud Summit in San Francisco. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Allison, you're the Senior Director of Platform Business Operations for Electronic Arts, which, among other things, designs online video games. Can you explain briefly how your role at EA involves big data analytics? Sure, and thank you, Tracy, for inviting me to be here today. The team that I'm working on with Electronic Arts, the platform team, is building the infrastructure and service layers that our game studios need to deliver games digitally. And the business operations team that I'm working on is responsible for measuring and improving some of the performance of key functionality, mainly in the context of e-commerce and account management. So we are using analytics because it's needed to understand the opportunity and impact associated with making changes in that environment. And working on systems where we have millions, around maybe around 30 million active registered users that are having multiple game sessions per month and throwing off roughly a terabyte of data per day, it naturally becomes not just analytics, but big data analytics that we use to optimize performance in this context. So Allison, are you using data analytics to mitigate any online threats? Definitely. So we use data analytics mainly in two ways to deal with threats. The first way is to really do baselining and understand what is normal. And that can be normal for a customer segment, but it also could be what's normal for a product or for a service, some part of the code base. And once we understand what normal is, then we can be more easily alerted if there is something that is unusual happening in our environment. So the second way we use data analytics is once we have identified a threat or some sort of unusual activity, it helps us dig in and actually profile that and also then be aware if we see any repeat occurrences. So Allison, what would you say are some of the most common threats that data analytics can and should address? That's a great question, Tracy, because I see data analytics being used in various ways, but understanding when and how it should be used is really sort of a your mileage may vary kind of question as it varies based on the context and environment that you're working in. I see data analytics being used most often and quite successfully in situations where the threat is actually known and there's a point probability associated with it occurring. For example, credit card fraud where you have folks driving activity through a, a channel like a checkout process and you can really instrument it and understand um, what the threat is and, and, and what it looks like. I kind of think of that as the firewall analogy where the threat is posed in a single place and then you can make decisions based on what you are seeing happening. So <clears throat> that said, although I think point probabilities are a really good way to employ analytics and use it to mitigate threats, uh, I've also seen situations where folks use techniques like clustering 
successfully across a broader threat surface, which is, of course, what, I mean, everybody has a really broad environment where new threat vectors could be coming in from any direction. So something like clustering might be used more successfully for diagnosis versus data analytics for prevention and where you're actively trying to curb a threat. Something like clustering can help you understand what the threat is and how best to then prevent it going forward. So Allison, what would you say are some of the challenges that organizations face when it comes to actually integrating this data that they have to put it together in a meaningful way that offers meaningful analytics? Well, I think you actually hit the nail on the head with that question. The biggest challenge is integrating the data. My least favorite part of doing analytics is data cleansing and prep. And when you're dealing with very large volumes of data, like addition, incremental terabyte per day, for example, and you have heterogeneous implementations of software across your organization, normalizing that data, getting it all in one place, getting things set up so that you can actually parse it out, that is very challenging. It's challenging in any small to medium organization, <laughs> much less a large organization or an organization that has grown through acquisition so that there may be multiple types of software that actually do the exact same thing that you then have to coordinate and pull into one place. So that is really the main issue that organizations have to face is just getting all of that data into one place so that you can actually effectively manipulate it and do analytics. I kind of think of it as data, data everywhere and not a thought to think. It can be very easy to get distracted by all of the data and not focus in on what actually you are trying to analyze with so much data around. When it comes to fraud detection and prevention, obviously there is information out there that could help organizations from a detection and prevention standpoint. But Ali, would you say that big data is really having an impact on detection and prevention, or at least as much as we talk about? It's definitely having an impact. And while I can't speak with a lot of confidence for what issuers are doing today, I know that merchants and folks who are dealing with online e-commerce use it for sure. The types of fraud online have really grown as we have opened up online access to products and services. So in addition to typical credit card theft, we also have things like account takeover, um, social scams and spam, and then for the banks in web banking, all of these web-based or online systems throw off additional data beyond the simple transaction that we have been used to focusing on in the past. So for merchants who are offering products and services, take example Electronic Arts, we have video games online, we are providing gaming to our customers as a service, we have behavioral data related to how they play games and what their preferences are beyond just the simple checkout based information we had in the past. Once we went online, we ended up with big data and so that really helps us address problems related to fraudulent behavior. Allison, during your panel discussion at the Fraud Summit April 29th, big data's role in fraud detection, of course, is the topic. What would you say are some of the key points that you plan to hit during that panel discussion? I have three main points that I, I want to hit with the other panelists in the audience. The first is is really just understanding how we got here, which is a combination of 
going online plus the data generated by being online and the new products that means that we can offer, whether we're uh, banking institutions or direct-to-consumer type uh, merchants. There's this whole new set of products and experiences that we are offering our customers. And just as going online and having this data has enabled that opportunity, it's also created new threats and threat factors that now we have to factor into how we operate. Um, the second point is really that the data itself has changed, meaning that we went from data analytics to big data analytics simply because the channel that we're in throws off tons of telemetry data that we um, need to capture and manage to, to operate our systems. It also means the tools that we use for analysis have really evolved. In addition to structured data, we have lots of unstructured data. The database technology itself has changed. And some of the tools that we may use for doing analytics have sort of upgraded as we've moved into that environment. The third point that I want to touch on is that when we incorporate data-driven prevention techniques into our toolkit, we really have a major impact on the customer experience and what that means, what the options are, and, and what folks can do to redesign their products or customer experiences with the customer in mind. Allison, for banking institutions specifically, what would you say are some of the unique hurdles that they have to overcome? Well, one of the things that I've thought about in regards to banking institutions is what their relationships are like with their customers. Most of their relationships are transactional. I think that that's counterbalanced by the fact that they have very long-term relationships with their customers, but it means that they really only get a sense of uh, their customers' preferences and behaviors in certain transactional scenarios. So it's not a broad relationship, it's a very pointed relationship. And so I wonder what banking institutions are doing around finding additional data to augment the, the sort of transactional history they have with their customers. Do they need it? Is there additional data that would be useful? Where is it and how can they get it? Uh, another thing that I have observed about banking institutions is it can be difficult for them to really get sort of a, three, six, a 360 degree view of the customer across product lines, and but also across threat vectors. And what I mean by that is there are risk and fraud experts everywhere in banking institutions. They have to, there are folks who are working on securing the online banking channels. There are folks who are working on preventing credit card, um, uh, credit card first person fraudulent applications. There are people who are working on improving debit card fraud prevention and security, but they're not necessarily connected. Sometimes they're in very different parts of the organization, and so they may not be coordinating and seeing common threats or realizing that they have data in one area that may be useful to folks in, in another. So what strategies would you say, Allison, that these banking institutions should employ to help leap some of these hurdles? Uh, the simplest answer to that is better info sharing. So I think on the internal side, every organization is different. So setting up ways for subject matter experts to get together and share information, that's an organization by organization imperative. The banking environment is lucky, I think, in the sense that 
as far as information sharing across institutions for the purpose of fraud prevention is more advanced in this industry than it is elsewhere. And so for preventing those types of threats, that those models of information sharing may be extensible to new threats. And so I think that that may be something that banking institutions want to look into. Another strategy that banking institutions may want to incorporate is taking another look at their user experience options. Um, we're moving from a situation where our options in the past had always been when it comes to something like a credit card transaction, approve, decline, or referral. But now we have new alternatives that may be available to us. For example, integrating in the multi-factor authentication that you've offered for a customer for their web banking, is there a way that could be employed in a user experience elsewhere? So that in addition to information sharing, we're considering sharing the user experience controls that we are integrating into our services. And then finally, Allison, before we close, what questions would you suggest banking institutions consider now before they come to the summit? Well, I think everyone who's coming to the summit, I hope they are thinking about what problems it is that they are trying to solve. Because really, when we're talking about things like big data, you can have lots and lots of big data, but it's not about how you use big data. It's about how you solve the problem you're trying to solve and, and if there is some aspect of big data management or big data analytics that can help you solve it. Allison, I'd like to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Thanks, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Allison Miller of Electronic Arts. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.